Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have another edition of the Bean Report. Also, we'll have details on Canada's farm show coming up later this month in Regina. And at first in today's country comment, we'll chat with weed specialist Kim Brown Livingston. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston. Depends what guys have been doing for, for uh, you know, tillage or, or weed control ahead of seeding. And seeding, obviously, is number one priority. And, uh, you know, some guys are managing to keep the sprayer running at the same time. You know, they got somebody on the sprayer and they're either going like right after or right before seeding. Um, depending on there's been maybe a bit of tillage to try to dry the soils out a little bit, so that's been helping. Uh, there, but there is a lot of fields now where, you know, the crops are coming up and the weeds are already quite big, so that's concerning. And, you know, we've, we've been caught like this before in years when we have to get the seeding done and, and the weed control doesn't quite keep up. So that's a bit of a concern. Some of those fields, the weeds are starting to get big, and, you know, guys are starting to try to make decisions as to what to do to those weeds Um you know, it, they they can't use uh, Roundup anymore or glyphosate anymore just because it's you know the crop is already up. So, uh, yeah, we're starting to see those um, those issues right now. And I guess you know what what are the weeds that we're seeing, or is it pretty much you know a little bit of everything? Yeah, yeah we're starting to see like we're seeing quite a bit of the foxtails are starting to come now, like with a bit a bit of warmer weather. But we're seeing like tons of lambs quarters. Um, seeing some ladies, some, some buckwheat, lots of buckwheat, um, some red root pigweed starting to come to kind of the usuals, but, um, you know, and once, I guess the thing is once they're ahead of the crop, it's tough. Uh, you know, we, they, they do take a lot of, uh, they, they do take a lot of yield out of our crops, especially when they're there early. Like we need to keep our crops as weed free as possible, um, you know, for a fair bit of time until that crop becomes established and kind of covers up, covers over the rows and, you know, really gets moving. So, um, yeah, it's concerning that some of the weeds are getting so big. So, you know, guys are looking at what options they've got. Um, and then, uh, coming in, it's just, it's just too early to come in with our, with our in-crop sprays yet. Uh, crops usually have to be uh, a certain size already and, uh, they're not there yet. So, you know, we're too early for our, our in-crop sprays. And so guys are kind of looking for alternatives or looking for uh, options, I guess, uh, to spray in the meantime. And, um, you know, it looks like the temperature is going to be, uh, or the, uh, the weather is going to be pretty good this week. Um, any advice, you know, as, as farmers try to get the, the seeding done here? Yeah. Well, I, I say do your best to keep the sprayers going to like, um, absolutely get somebody on the sprayer. I mean, I seeding is number one priority, get those crops in, but really be watching and be very, very careful. If the crop is already in and you haven't done a burn off yet, you've got to be watching. It's going to be coming out of the ground very quickly. The minute there's ground cracks. You can do not put glyphosate on. Just pull the glyphosate out and, you know, see whether options there are. You know, that's something you can talk to us here at Mount of Ag about, or you can talk to your retailer or your agronomist. There are some options. Um, otherwise, you know, you're waiting until the crop is big enough to do an in-crop spray, which will be a while. I mean, it'll be quick this year because, um, you know, it's the, these crops are going into warm ground and they're coming up quick and they're growing quickly. Uh, but again, that, that's, it's, that's a really good thing, but it's also not good if you've missed your burn off and you thought you had time and a lot of guys end up getting caught that they, they thought they had time to come in with a burn off and get those weeds out of there before the crop comes up and the crop just is already up by the time they get there. So that's, that's always a concern when we have, when we've got late seeding. 
That was provincial weed specialist Kim Brown Livingston. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. A bill regarding farm biosecurity is making its way back into the House of Commons after being scrapped last year. Bill C-275 was put forward last year but didn't make it through, as Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Agri-Food John Barlow explains. Died on the order paper and what happens, and we had to reintroduce it this Parliament, which uh, we did earlier this week. Hopefully we can we can get it to the finish line this time around, because I believe it. Certainly as we're seeing what's going on with the bird flu and other type viruses and diseases, we have to protect our biosecurity on farms, and this is exactly what this legislation will do. Barlow says he hopes the bill also raises awareness for just how secure farms already are. The forecast looks favorable this week for farmers as they continue with spring seeding. Laura Schmidt is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The majority of peas have been seeded and soybean and dry bean seeding are making progress. For dry beans and soybeans, seeding in the second week of June has resulted in 77 to 81% relative yield response according to the last 15 years of MASC data from across the province. So beans are really maintaining their yield relatively well into June. For peas, on the other hand, seeding in the second week of June has shown about a 53% relative yield response, um, but with current seeding conditions, do expect rapid emergence. And the Thanks for Farming Tour and Meridian Manufacturing have announced a new joint scholarship initiative. The Meridian Agriculture Scholarship is open to students in grades 11 and 12 in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. The top finalists for the scholarship will present at the Thanks for Farming Tour events in their respective provinces in July. For its pilot year, two deserving students will be awarded $1,000 each. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, June 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendale Allen Vosser will have details on Canada's farm show coming up later this month in Regina. Canada's Farm Show, presented by Viterra, gets underway two weeks from today in Regina. With more on that, here's Glenda Lee Allen Vossler. Now, surely, of course, what we want to focus in on, Canada's Farm Show is back for 2022. We are very excited to be back and in person. So it's very exciting and the response has been overwhelming. Now, let's remind everybody on the show dates for this year, they are a little different than what we have seen in the past. Absolutely. We've shifted to a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday format. So it'll be June 21st, 22nd and 23rd. And when we're talking about the show this year, uh, it's a big show. We're back after, uh, of course, the, the COVID delay. 44 years we're celebrating this year, and we're doing it all indoors. We are. We're very excited to show off our brand new indoor footprint. Um, It's going to be no elements we have to brave this year, so we're very excited about that. We have more than now 1.5 million square feet of indoor space, so it's fantastic. So when we're talking about the event this year, just maybe quickly highlight a few things. Uh, We have Air Launchpad, which is a brand new feature. So we're calling it the biggest stage for the best in ag. So that's an opportunity to see the newest product launches, hear about the newest innovations in the ag industry, and talk about some of the issues and problems and, and collaborate with some of the outstanding items with farmers are dealing with in today's world. Now, as well as the launch pad, we've got the AgriValue Pavilion. 
That is, that's a brand new pavilion this year. It's um, alongside our innovation pavilion. And in that pavilion, we're hoping to, f we are featuring some of the companies that are, you know, taking the product then to the next step. So there's a number of companies in that pavilion as well as even throughout the show, you'll find some of them this year talking about the next step for the, the you know, the crops that are coming off the fields. Now, you talked about the launch pad. Is that different now from the Ag Tech Innovation Pavilion that we see? Yes, it is. It is. So the Ag Tech Innovation Pavilion, we had 30 companies apply for brand new innovations in equipment and technology. And of the 30 companies, we have 26 that are going to be displayed at our show. So we're very excited about that. So lots of new technology, new equipment. It'll, it'll all be launched here at our show. Innovation Awards are held on Monday night. Uh, so you'll see all the, um, the winners uh, announced and showing off their, their uh, trophies on uh, Tuesday morning when we open up. And when we're talking about the show this year, you've talked about two, three different pavilions that we have for this year. So when we're talking about exhibitors at the event, what kind of numbers are we looking at? Uh, there's a lot of new ones that we're going to find at the show, as well as the, the tried and true ones that recognize the importance of being at Farm Show, right? Absolutely. We have our returning exhibitors, some of them that have, as a good example, is Degelman Industries is celebrating their 60th anniversary this year, and they've been spending 44 years at Canada's Farm Show. So we're very excited about those cornerstones of, you know, cornerstone um, companies that, that are at our show, as well as we have more than 80 new companies on board this year. So lots of new stuff to see. And when we're talking about Canada's Farm Show, we talked about some of the pavilions. Let's move on and, and talk about some of the events, some of the conferences, and some of the keynote speakers that you're bringing in for this year. Absolutely. Um, one of the returning events is the Empowering Women's Conference. So it's a fantastic event. Uh, we have um, a group, a panel of, of speakers from the Awesome Group uh, going to be sharing some stories with that uh, the group at the women's conference and then uh, Darcy Lang um, she'll be um, reviewing her embrace the 90% so definitely a very empowering event it'll be for the women that attend that event and it's going to be wrapped up with a wine and cheese pairing so it's a great way to um, just offer some uh, re relaxation and leisure time for the women that are coming to the show. We are having um, Prague Garg is going to be attending. He would be the chief digital officer from Raven Industries, which is a very innovative company. We're very excited about that. We have um, Karen Proud from Fertilizer Canada. Uh, she's going to be um, bringing us um, a message from her company as well as enlightening us where we're going with that industry. Um, we have Ag Talks. We have um, you know 18-minute talks. Kevin Stewart's participating in one of those. So there's Ag Talks on digitalization uh, as well as on canola crushing. We have an Ag um, panel on transportation, which will include uh, rail, ground, and, and ocean freight. So just some very interesting panels for our attendees to participate in. One of the things that is back is the professional bull riding. Yeah, we're very excited about that event because it is the best of the best, right? It's the best of the rodeos. So it's 
It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great event coming on board, partnering with our show. So we're going to uh, keep our our uh, Young's Equipment Farmhouse Lounge open until 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. And uh, we're having lots of networking opportunities in our Farmhouse Lounge. And, and then people can move right on into the PBR event. So we're excited about that. And when we're talking about Canada's Farm Show, well, it is definitely something that producers right across Western Canada mark on their agenda to attend, and they'll be happy to come back this year and see what is actually happening, get that hands-on feel for technology that uh, is coming out. It's also a key event on the international side. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We are very excited about that. We have um, many countries being represented at our show this year. Um, South Africa, Ethiopia, Mongolia, Australia, USA. Uh, just very excited about the uptake we've had this year, given the times we're in. Um, we're just, yeah, there's, there seems to be a lot of interest. We've got some programming set up for those buyers for farm tours, manufacturer tour. So I think it's going to be a really exciting time for them to come and see our, our equipment technology, our show and our country. Now, for people that are planning to come to the show, once again, you're selling the three-day pass? We are. You can go on our website and buy a three-day pass for $15. And uh, walk up at the gate time of show will be $20 a person. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? I think it's yeah, I'm very exciting to, to be back in, in person again. It seems to have been a long time since we arranged an in-person show. So we're just, the excitement here in our office is, is like nothing I've ever experienced before. So I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. That's Shirley Janesco, show manager for Canada's Farm Show, coming up June 21st to the 23rd in Regina. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Charlet Association is holding its annual general meeting June 10th to the 12th in Russell. Visit charlet.com for more details. And the Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th. The Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their interclub judging competition on Friday evening and an open 4-H beef show on Saturday. It's time now for the Bean Report, brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Joining us today is production specialist Laura Schmidt. Seeding has been continuing around the range. The majority of peas have been seeded and soybean and dry bean seeding are making progress. For dry beans and soybeans, seeding in the second week of June has resulted in 77 to 81% relative yield response, according to the last 15 years of MASC data from across the province. So beans are really maintaining their yield relatively well into June. For peas, on the other hand, seeding in the second week of June has shown about a 53% relative yield response. Um, but with current seeding conditions, do expect rapid emergence. For those crops that have emerged, crop staging is quite variable with seeding dates this year. So soybeans are emerging to VC stages. Field peas and fab beans have emerged generally and are at V1 to V2 stages. And dry beans are just beginning to emerge 
So we do have pulse and soybean growth staging guides available for download in this week's bean report at manitobapulse.ca. And accurately identifying those field pea growth stages will really help avoid herbicide injury. So along with that growth staging guide, we do have some tips to keep in mind when you're staging your peas. Peas always will have two scale leaf nodes at the base of the plant, and these might be above or below ground. These scale leaves are smaller than true node leaves, and branches might develop from these scale nodes as well. That first true node is the first stipule or leaf and tendril that unfurls, and then subsequent nodes are counted once those clam leaves actually open up and unfurl. So only those true nodes are counted when staging for herbicide timing, and if you're unsure, just err on the side of caution, because most of our herbicides should only be applied up and including to the sixth true node stage to avoid that injury. And generally, just base the staging off of the majority of plants in the field. So those are some quick key staging tips. Any tips for uh, scouting for early season pests? Definitely. Early season pests I want to highlight this year include root rots, cutworms, and pea leaf weevils. So root rot symptoms include patchy emergence, wilted, chlorotic, or dead portions of plants, and generally brown discolored roots. So these root rots are more common in saturated soil conditions like we have this year. And you can send plant samples to Manitoba Agriculture's Crop Diagnostic Lab for Disease ID. This is a free service offered to farmers and agronomists. And an accurate disease ID can definitely help inform your management decisions in the future, especially in those peas to determine if you're dealing with a phanomyces. For cutworms, they will chew or cut uh, cotyledons and stems. And for them, you'll dig down and sift through soil to shake loose any larvae that are there. They are easier to find in the evening when it's cool and will burrow into the soil when it's warm. For those soybeans and dry beans, the nominal threshold is one or more cutworms per meter of row or 20% of plants cut. For pea and faba beans, it's two to three cutworms per square meter for a threshold just because pea and fabas can compensate for more cutworm damage by regrowing from their scale nodes. If these thresholds are exceeded, foliar insecticides are available, and best results will be made from applications in the evening when those cutworms are actively feeding. Pea leaf weevils is the one I really wanted to highlight today. They are a pest of peas and faba beans in western Manitoba. Um, Notches around leaf edges are generally a sign of adult weevil feeding, and these larvae below ground are feeding on our root nodules, causing yield loss. So we scout for these from D1 to D6, looking for that leaf notching. So while economic thresholds for foliar sprays are available, seed treatments are really the more effective management tool. Just because there's a long uh, window of weevil emergence and multiple migrations into the field in the spring, so uh, foliar insecticide sprays don't generally control them as well as the seed treatment would. But right now, we are trying to determine the population levels and abundance to see if these seed treatments are something that are going to be an economical decision to um, use to manage this pest. So we do have a quick call for farmers right now. If you're growing peas or fabas this year, MPSG would like to survey your field for the presence of this new to Manitoba pest, just to determine distribution and abundance. We will follow by all biosecurity protocols, so you can sign up your field for this survey or learn more about it by contacting myself, Laura, at 204-751-0538 or at laura at manitobapulse.ca. And my contact information is available in this week's Bean Report as well as on our website for that survey. Thanks, Laura. Laura Schmidt is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The Bean Report is brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. You can find out more at manitobapulse.ca.
Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Grower says the majority of peas have been seeded, while good progress has also been made with soybeans and dry beans. Here's production specialist Laura Schmidt. For those crops that have emerged, crop staging is quite variable with seeding dates this year. So soybeans are emerging to VC stages. Field peas and fab beans have emerged generally and are at V1 to V2 stages. And dry beans are just beginning to emerge. So we do have pulse and soybean growth staging guides available for download in this week's bean report at manitobapulse.ca. And accurately identifying those field pea growth stages will really help avoid herbicide injury. And a government bill focused on farm biosecurity is coming back after it got scrapped at the start of last year's election. The bill makes it an offense to enter without lawful authority or excuse. A place in which animals are kept, if doing so, could result in the exposure of the animals to a disease or toxic substance that's capable of affecting or contaminating them. Conservative MP and Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Agri-Food John Barlow says it'll also raise awareness. What we have to do and what, what this legislation does is, first off, it, it raises a lot of awareness about the risk that our agriculture sector faces when it comes to these viruses, whether it's avian influenza or uh, African swine fever or BSC. You know, our food supply is very susceptible to these types of outbreaks. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from David Weens, Vice President of Dairy Farmers of Canada. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.